Hello, welcome back to the Go for Two podcast. Week seven is in the books. I'm your host, Liam, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing after uh, a very strange NFL Sunday? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, strange to... Strange in certain ways, not strange in the other ways that the Eagles lost. I mean, I don't know how. <laughs> I was so buoyant last week. I was like, right, I'm taking the Eagles. I'm taking the points. We're going to win. I was like, oh, wait. Then the game started. Great first drive. Horrible rest of the game. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, I don't think the Chiefs or Eagles actually played yesterday. They had a bye, didn't they? That was oh, the plan. God, might as well have done. That's the plan. Double bye week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. Uh, college football was a bit weird as well, I read. Uh, some of the biggest spreads for the whole season were this weekend. So it seems like there was a lot of underdogs playing good teams across the whole of American football yesterday, I think. Yeah, yeah, college was still a good week of college. It was better than the NFL, I'll put it that way. But next week in college is looking fantastic. So uh, can't wait for that. Spencer Rattler getting back in, QB1. Yeah, he got up there though, Caleb Williams. He got the win though, didn't he? He did get the win, unfortunately for me. uh, Rattler's uh, 2023 draft looking like... Uh, unfortunately for him, but we should say. Uh, in terms of last week then, so game picks, Patrick doesn't know this yet, but fortunately he had a bad week last week. Uh, I won the week, or winning the week, 8-5 at the moment. So you only oh, got five. That's your lowest total since week one. Uh, the only teams you got right were the Giants, Pats, Packers, Bucks and Colts. My God. So 8-5 to me means it's now 61-55, to 55, so you're six points behind the ball game there. Got to catch up. We both have the same. What did I get that was wrong on the spread? I can't, because I couldn't really remember my picks last night. Uh, so we did, uh, you had the Broncos plus one and a half, but they lost oh. by three. Yeah. You had the Falcons minus two and a half, but they lost by, they were only won by two. So they didn't cover the two and a half. I had the same as you for that one. We both had Ravens minus six. Yeah. We both had Chiefs, minus four yeah. and a half. Uh, but then I had Lions plus 16, and they covered. You had Rams minus 16. You obviously went with the Eagles, <laughs> who didn't yeah. cover. Uh, and then we both lost on the Texans as well. So three-point difference there. Wow. So, so tough week. You're six points behind. You need a big week next week. You need to uh, attack no, 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 it. Listen, there's about 10 weeks left. I just plug away <laughs> one a week. <laughs> And you got the playoffs. We'll probably do it all the way through to the to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, a terrible weekend for me as an NFL fan. But uh, for the podcast, I was pretty happy with uh, eight. Obviously, you both got Saints minus four and a half tonight. Are you still quite confident with that going against Geno Smith? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think we should take anything I can talk about <laughs> spread this week in consideration. So, <laughs> so that means the uh, Seahawks are going to win by. Double digits then, basically. Blow out. Gino Smith's going to look like Joe Montana, yeah. Yeah, we shall see. Music to uh, Seahawks fans' ears there, I think. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. It should be an interesting game. Uh, no idea how it's going to look offensively, but uh, I'm sure the two defences are going to be hitting each other hard. But we'll see uh, We'll see what happens in tonight. It should be a, a relatively good game if the quarterbacks don't aren't terrible. Uh, I know the Seahawks were looking at Cam Newton, but... Unfortunately, it's still it's Gino versus Jameis, so the battle of the uh, the QBs. We'll see what happens later on tonight. Uh, but let's move on then to talk about uh, yesterday's action. We'll do surprising performances first. Uh, why don't you go first, mate? You can start wherever you want, positive or negative. Who have you got? Come on, let's stick positive this week. I'm going the now three and four Indianapolis Colts beating the 49ers 30 to 18. 
Carson once again played within himself. He only had 150 yards passing, but two TDs, no interceptions again. He's only got one this year. No, he did have an interception yesterday. Did he? Yeah, because he did that stupid pass where he's rolling to the right and the the ball slipped out of his hand and he flicked it in the air and it landed into the uh, K1 Williams, I think it was. He definitely had one. Just having a look at the stats here, it's got it on as... It says none. He did have one, though. I agree. Google says none, but I watched the game. He definitely had one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely had one. Um, I can't remember who it was to now. I swear it's to K1 Williams. But, um, but yeah, he did play relatively well. They got 135 yards from pass interference calls as well yesterday, <laughs> the Colts. I mean, that's just absolutely mental. That takes kind of the stats away, so you kind of forget about that, don't you, when you were... Uh looking back at the box score maybe in a few weeks. But, yeah, another big win. The defence is kind of stepping up to where it was. It was a, it would have been a perfect day for the Colts yesterday had the Titans not beat the Chiefs and extended the lead. But what a game that is next week. So, yeah, great for the Colts because, I mean, they started, I mean, abysmally, didn't they? Yeah. The defence looks a lot better now, doesn't it? It looks back to the Yeah, it looks a lot better. It's looking looking fast like it was last season. Really fast defense, like get to the ball quick, and that's kind of what they're looking at now. Yeah, they had two interceptions against Jimmy, didn't they? So um, they did their job pretty good in the red zone. Obviously, Forty Nine only scored eighteen points. Um, so yeah, they did well. And I thought Jonathan Taylor looked good. Eighteen carries, hundred and seven yards. Uh, what six yards a carry and a touchdown? I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they can control the game with Taylor, can't you? You can control the game, control the clock, and then kind of get a bit of play-action pass going. But, yeah, aside from the Colts, the 49ers, <laughs> it is not looking good, is it? No, it's not, no. The coach, very similar to my Chiefs, actually. Uh, if you're a fan of the team, I think it's almost the coaching that worries you the most because of the how kind of uh, respected, well-known, and how good play callers are involved on both sides. But it's, this is not going right, is it? Every decision Kyle seems to make is going wrong. He's now not sure who's going to start a quarterback next weekend, so they could be changing again. Uh, his use of the running backs and wide receivers have obviously been a bit odd all season. And then the secondary have given up like 200 yards in penalties nearly. So, yeah, the coaching and discipline of the team is not looking great, I don't think. No, not at all. I think Jimmy G's kind of losing his goodwill now. Do you not think for the? Yeah, it looks that way. They're only what they're two and four. Division's completely gone. But if you look at the NFC, where are they in the NFC? They're twelfth. So they're only one and a half games off <laughs> the seventh. The seventh seat. So... The wild card race in the NFC is absolutely horrible. I've been looking at it this morning. It's an absolute shambles. <laughs> AFC is not much better, I don't think. <laughs> the Saints, like, not playing. They should ask for another bye this week. They just don't need to play, sitting at three and two. It's like, they're st- still going to be in the playoffs after tonight, whatever happens. But, yeah, it's uh, it's not a great race. By the way, I've just been checking on Wentz, and he, I'm not sure this interception, did it get called back or something? Maybe, maybe, yeah. I'll see if I can find the video and send it to you after. But I watched the game. I swear it didn't get called back. Because everyone on Twitter was going absolutely nuts at his decision-making. Very uh, strange. Yeah, unless it went down as a fumble. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah, it could be. 
It does say that uh, the official stats. Okay, the official stats list Carson Wentz's first half interception as a fumble. I'm not yeah. sure why. M- M- MBCS, uh, the the ref guy on there said, I'm not sure why they've listed it as an as a fumble, but they have instead of an interception. So I do not know why. Apparently the ball was stripped out of his hand as he threw it, so they called That's it a fumble. Still one interception then this season, isn't it, for Wentz, which is unbelievable, really. Yeah, yeah. Just the four fumbles as well. <laughs> but he's playing pretty well. He's playing pretty well. One of the uh, passes that got called for pass interference was a straight, you know, like that was a straight up 45-yard pass that was going to get caught for a touchdown. It wasn't one of them ticky-tacky, oh, that's a rubbish interception, uh, rubbish PI call. It was an actual good throw by Wentz. So he would have had another 40, 50 yards tagged on there for another touchdown. So uh, I think he played well, better like than you said that in terms of the box score. And the weather was atrocious as well. It was raining the whole game. So I think he did pretty well to uh, to limit the turnovers. Uh, I'm not sure about the Colts long term, but um, the Titans don't look very stoppable at the moment in the division. But they'll be uh, trying to battle for that, that wild card spot at least, won't they, in, uh, in the AFC? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, a, a win against the Titans this week, I mean, it sounds like a long kind of task, doesn't it, at the moment against the Titans. They've just beat the Bills and the Chiefs. But, yeah, you never know with how the Colts are playing. That would bring them right back in it. But, yeah, there should be no reason why they're looking at the playoffs. That Eagles pick now is looking good. Like, unless he gets an injury, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's looking likely that he'll play all the snaps. So, that's good. Yeah, it's not going to be as high if they keep winning, unfortunately. But you'll take three first-round picks. Anything will do at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Anything will do. It's very true. Uh, and yeah, the only team that can beat the Titans is the New York Jets. So that's the world we live in right now. It's just a... unbelievable that that game was also this month. It's yeah. not like it was week one, like seven weeks ago. It was this month. It was the yeah. other week. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Speaking of the Titans then... My surprising performance is I'm going to combine my two because I told Patrick I didn't want to talk about the Chiefs too much. So I thought, why not combine them? I put Titans and Chiefs. So Titans, obviously, for a very, very good performance and Chiefs for an absolutely terrible performance. Uh, in terms of the Titans first, uh, offense was pretty good. Um, they did what they should do. They shouldn't rely on Derek Henry as much. They should rely on the fact that he's going to scare the defense, which he does. So Chiefs putting loads of men in the box. Uh, you call play action, you you throw long bombs down the field. So they had more 30-yard-plus passes in this game than they've had in any game this season. Uh, so they really utilised play action. Uh, and that's basically just because this is only the second game all season that A.J. Brown's been healthy for. And I think it's the only third game all season that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones have actually took snaps together for, um, for more than one half. So uh, to get those two wide receivers in has made a hell of a difference. Obviously, Derek Henry was still good. He threw a touchdown pass, which saved oh, me. Oh, jump pass. That was it. That's a... Second time he's done that, isn't it? Yeah, he did it against the Ravens. My reaction uh, this week was a lot more annoyed than when I watched it against the Ravens. And I think I had the Titans to win. And my best friend's a Ravens fan. I was loving life when he threw the pass. But this week, I did not feel quite as good about it. But he did save me in a fantasy league because uh, I think I won by about four points. I think he got seven points in my league for that pass. So uh, he did uh, he did save me for that one. But yeah, they were good. The offense was good. Uh, the defence was good, but it just seems like going to the other side, it was just a Chiefs issue. I think Andy Reid, it's the worst game I've ever seen him call, I think. Um, a lot of Chiefs fans unhappy with it. Not going for fourth down when you're down 23 twice, which was a bit of a strange call. Uh, and then in the second half, they went to punt the ball. They changed last minute and decided to kick the field goal. But unfortunately, they only left themselves six seconds. So they ran out of time, had to call a timeout down 23. 20- 24 at this point 
Uh, and then they missed the field goal anyway. So Titans got the ball <laughs> the 50-yard line. So uh, I think Andy Reid was, was very much back to his old tricks. Uh, Spags is kind of wants to be fired. The Chiefs fans want him to be fired now after this. Uh, and it's just going from uh, from bad to worse. And obviously Patrick Mahomes had his worst day as a Chiefs quarterback, which is what I said last week as well. So he's had his two worst games ever in two in two weeks. Uh, and he also got nearly got knocked out for his troubles this week. So, yeah, that terrible was, week. That was a nasty, nasty collision, wasn't it? Yeah, and he passed the uh, concussion protocol, which does make me worry how good the tests are for concussion still in the NFL because he looked like he was concussed to me, but he said he wasn't. But then he wasn't last year in the uh, the divisional round against the Browns. So uh, anything's possible with, with Mahomes. But, yeah, he was terrible. Uh, Andy Reid, terrible. Defence, terrible. But not to take anything away from the Titans, the offence was incredible. Uh, the secondary wasn't very good still, but uh, they didn't need to be because the defensive line of the Titans were uh, all over the Chiefs this week. And it was the first game where the offensive line had looked like it was a, a new offensive line. They absolutely demolished uh, the Chiefs with the defensive line. So impressive. And they've now beaten both the AFC title contenders from last year's AFC title match in two weeks. So Titans, I think... They are for real. I still worry about the defence, but the offence, if they're all healthy, those three guys, uh, it's definitely for real. Yeah, one plus for the Chief yesterday. I thought the high draft pick, uh, Nick Bolton, I thought he played well. I thought he was all over the defence, actually. I thought he played quite well. That's something I've not really um, heard much about this season, so that was one small plus. But, yeah, the Chiefs looked horrible. They did. It was just horrible. And I've actually been sitting here, I was thinking it last night, and sat in there this morning like looking at the playoff picture and that and last week was saying oh you know it's a bit of a false look at the playoffs because the Chiefs still aren't in it and now I'm sat here thinking mate are the Chiefs actually going to make the playoffs because four losses in seven out of seven it's actually making it quite difficult do you know what I mean now for me now you you need a collapse from someone one of the two teams in the division and then the seventh place. I mean, only only one or is it two games out, but still, the way that the Chiefs look now, they're not going to knock off ten in a row, are they? That is for certain. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, definitely a worry. Uh, I think at the moment, the last seed in the playoffs, the Browns. I think four and three. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. If you'd have said before the season that the Browns and Chiefs are going to battle it out for the seventh seed, I think people would have thought you were mad. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the way. I got, I've got no worry to be honest of the Patriots, Steelers, or Colts, and that's going to bite me now probably. Finishing with a better record than the Chiefs, but still, you any that's only the eighth seed. Then you still need the Browns, Chargers, Ravens, Bills, Titans, Raiders, or Bengals to drop down. Uh, we'll talk about the Bengals later, but uh, Chiefs fans will also be hoping that the Raiders or Bengals on paper, I guess, the two more, I don't know, surprising people to be at the top of the leaderboard. The Chiefs fans will be hoping they reduce, but yeah, the Chiefs have got to worry about themselves first. They've got the Giants on Monday Night Football, and the same thing will happen. I bet you they beat the Giants and they play relatively well, and everyone thinks the Chiefs are back, and then the week after it's the Packers. And it just seems to be the opposite to all these other years. Back in the early Mahomes days, it would be the worst teams in the league that the Chiefs struggled with because they kind of looked past their opponent and then they'd always hammer the best teams in the league. Now they're getting absolutely hammered by every top seed they play apart from basically the Browns this year. Uh, and that's a worry for me because even if you win next week and then you lose to the Packers, you're four and five then. But you don't actually help. You need to go on like a three or four game win streak, don't you, if you're in the AFC now to, to get a grip of the playoffs, I think. Yeah, exactly, because just I was looking at the Chiefs' schedule this morning. Obviously, like you just said, I would expect them to beat the Giants. 
maybe sling it around and look good. Then it's Packers, Raiders, Cowboys. Yeah. And exactly. that is <laughs> that is a massive slate. Oh, I almost feel like the Chiefs can afford maybe one loss in that anymore, and it's looking kind looking of tough. Yeah, their only plus for them is they've got five divisional games left. The AFC West is weird. They've hardly played each other. Uh, when all the other divisions that we spoke about last pod, they've all played each other twice in some cases. But um, yeah, the AFC West hasn't played. So they've got eight. They've got five divisional games left. Uh, I think three come in a four-week span of like Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders. Yeah. Uh, they're the games. If you beat the Raiders, they're going to have to beat the Raiders twice, aren't they? If I think. That's my opinion. I think they need Absolutely. to beat the Raiders twice and beat the Broncos twice. Because also another big problem is the Chiefs have by far the worst conference record. They have the worst conference record in the AFC, joint with um, Jacksonville, Miami, and Houston at one and four. So it's that's a that's a bad point for getting the the kind of like the wild card spots, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. pick it up. Yeah, they need to be ahead of their divisional rivals, don't they? And win the divisional games. That seems to be the only chance, unless you go on a mad run. But they're just not good enough at the moment. Doesn't, if the defence is this bad, you need your best player to play his best. Unfortunately, two weeks in a row now, Mahomes has looked not his usual self. So uh, that is a, a big worry. But take nothing away from the Titans. On offence especially, they were very, very good. Vrabel coached a great game. He was very aggressive. I still worry about that secondary. But if you're going to demolish people up front and you're going to get off to big leads, then the secondary won't be as big of an issue because uh, you've got Derek Henry to, to run the clock. But, yeah, very impressive uh, couple of weeks in the Titans. I'll be looking forward to, to them hopefully growing now as the, the season goes on. Uh, who's your surprising loser for the week then? Well, I'm not sure it's that much of a surprise when you sit <laughs> at one and five, but getting 54 put on you by the Patriots. They're not exactly <laughs> the high-powered offence, are they? <laughs> no. Mate, Jets yesterday was absolutely abysmal. It was like down, like there was 31 in the first half. I think, you know what it was? It was the fourth quarter when like Belichick was just like pouring it on, weren't he? Yeah, he was. Just refusing to kind of give up. And then obviously the Jets have had the bad, I mean, two bad tackles in a row, really, on Wilson in the first half. The first, have you seen them? The second one's yeah. not so bad. It's just the fact that Judon's kind of on top of it. But the first one is awful. Like yeah, his leg kind of bending backwards. That is a really bad tackle. He left the game as well, didn't he, at one point? I know he came back, but he did leave the game after one of the challenges. Yeah, well, yeah, he left and then Mike White came in. He threw 32 passes and that went kind of how you'd expect. <laughs> touchdown to it. I mean, it was OK, but he just looked like a backup quarterback playing for the Jets. I, I don't know what else that they could have expected, really, from someone that was taking his first snaps in the NFL, but... Yeah, it looked bad all over. The defence as well was really bad. I'm not quite sure what's happened to Marcus May, to be honest. He was uh, probably one of the most underrated kind of defensive backs in the league, but he's looking not as good this year. I know he's had, I think he's had a little bit of a contract dispute, I think, but overall, mate, that was real bad yesterday. I think I read that. It's only the fourth or fifth time since 1985 that someone had scored 54. And, and just, it's not exactly a high-powered offence either, is No, it? with those weapons, you've got a rookie quarterback who was taken, you know, last out in last in the list in the first round and then just like a, like a ramshackle free agency weapon 
set at wide receivers and yeah the running backs are okay Damon Harris had a good day yesterday but oh mate it's just awful I don't know where the Jets go from here now I don't know kind of how Robert Salah is thought of in kind of like the New York media and things like that but getting getting a whooping like this from the Patriots is it's not going to help him is it no it's not he's quite well liked before this week but They've got a bit of a rivalry, haven't they, between themselves, Patriots, Jets, it's been such a long period of time, I do wonder, like you said, how this is going to go. Um, and it's never a good week if you lose to a team and they have three different people passing the ball. So, Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer and Kendrick Bourne all dropping bombs against your defence. Mate, I've um, never seen a team use so many gadget plays that the Patriots have this season. Yeah, they did it last year a little bit as well with Cam. Yeah, there's definitely a lack of trust. Of I think last year it was the QB, I think this year it's the weapons. Um, Matt Jones, by the way, got three three rushing attempts for for nineteen yards. So, so <laughs> seems like every uh, Brian Hoyer cheeky uh, three kneel downs for minus three. So he was balling on the on the ground as well. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this uh, the Jets team is worse than I thought. I thought the offense would be quite good and the deep, well, relatively good, and the defense would be bad. But they're both just bad. Um, I don't know where you go go from here. I know you've got two first round picks, haven't you? But there has to be a point where this rebuild turns into something. Uh, similar to what Miami did. I know they're, they're struggling this year, but it took Miami a couple of years, didn't it? And then last year, they had that run at the playoffs. You just have to think the Jets need to, need a run in the next two seasons. Not this season, but two after this, because otherwise, it's just, it just seems like round and round in circles for Jets fans. Yeah, Bengals coming up this week in the Meadowlands as well. So, Jamar Chase, that'll be interesting. That will be interesting. And it's almost more annoying for them because of the... Uh, because the Giants actually won a game this week, so they're the worst team in New York, which is uh, not good, not good for them. Uh, speaking of the Bengals, let's move on to winners and losers. My first win of the week, of course, I put Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase again, because it's just incredible what they're doing. Uh, I did find out earlier that Jamar Chase is on pace for the most, uh, the most. So at this point, he's got the most uh, receiving yards of any player ever <laughs> in a season. At this point, so. Uh, He's having an incredible year. Joe Burrow was so good yesterday. Uh, and I kind of thought the game, we both said, didn't we, in our breakdown, that we think the game will be quite close until maybe the end of the fourth quarter. So I wasn't surprised in the first two and a half quarters when I saw the score. But the way the Bengals turned on in the second half, they obviously won 41-17 against the Ravens, who had literally just beat the Chargers by about 30 <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Burrow finished the game 4-16 for three TDs. Uh, but more importantly, Jamar Chase, eight receptions for 200 yards and a touchdown. Just... There's absolutely no need for that average 25 yards per catch. Yeah, I know. Well, don't forget the tight end underneath, CJ Zoma. Uh, three receptions, 91 yards. So he's averaging 30 yards a reception. Uh, and I know that the Ravens' defense was the worst I'd seen it. They missed tackles a lot. The Jamar Chase touchdown is really fun to watch. But it is like when you're watching Kadarius Tony in college and he'd miss about six defenders would miss these very easy tackles. Um, but still, Jamar Chase had to get it done, and he did. But yeah, the Ravens' defense looked bad. Lamar wasn't great. Uh, the offensive line wasn't great. But I think it's more of a, a story of uh, the Bengals' offense with uh, Burrow, Chase, and then the rest of the weapons are pretty good as well. Yeah, and also the Bengals not beating themselves. One penalty yesterday for five yards. That is something, you, something you wouldn't say last season about this team. No, exactly. I think, well, I messaged you last night, didn't I? I had Zach Taylor as the first out, but that is <laughs> oh, definitely not happening. No. I'm so happy, actually. It's great that the Bengals have had this turnaround in a short space of time. Yeah, amazing. Joe Burrow, 
he is the truth. Uh, out of the uh, first and second year quarterbacks, you still taking Herbert as your favourite? Um, I'm not sure. I know, you, I know you like Trevor Lawrence as well. Yeah, I do like Trevor. I really like Trevor. I'd like to see him a little bit more. Um, oh, mate, if you made me pick this morning right now, oh, I don't know, you know. It's pretty close. I, I mean, I love Burrow, so that injury but, kind of worries you. If you was making me force in picking right now, I'd probably pick Herbert, but that's only because of Burrow's kind of injury last year. But it's close. I yeah, still think Trevor Lawrence might come in and be better than all of them. But yeah, to, I, I would agree. I you're would gonna agree. have to wait for a couple of years, I think, for that. <laughs> you have to wait for the uh, urban train to leave the station. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm just a big fan. A bit of bias, but I'm just a big fan. <laughs> Joe Burrow, just loved him at LSU. That team was so fun, and now he's bringing it to college and uh, bringing it to the NFL. And next week, like I said, they've got the Jets. Then they've got the Browns, Raiders, Steelers. So we'll see where they sit uh, when December comes. But there's four games there, and uh, I'd like to... I think they're all winnable with how the Browns are playing on offense and how the, the Bengals are playing on offense. But there's at least three games there that they're going to be right up there for it with, with the Jets, Raiders, and Steelers. They'll be favorites against the Jets. They'll be favorite against the Steelers. Uh, and I bet you they won't be too far gone uh, away from home against the Raiders. I think there'll be a couple of points underdogs, but I don't think it'll be a whitewash on the spread. So, yeah, four interesting games. Let's see if they can go 500 at least and and, and still be in the mix. Because at the moment, they're the uh, leaders in the AFC North, which is uh, which is crazy to say, but it's fun. Uh, their uniforms are sick as well. Their new yeah, uniforms. That, 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 that white jersey they've got is so nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a Jamar Chase jersey. It's just decided. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll make you buy one. Buy, buy me one once you lose the picks competition. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, right, let's move on then. Who's your first winner? Well, uh, I am combining my, my first winner with my first loser because they go hand in hand. Right, so my first winner is Brady. Six hundred nice. touchdown passes for his career yesterday. We'll talk about the game in a minute. I just want to switch to my loser immediately. The guy that gave the ball away. He gave <laughs> it back to Brady. Mate, that ball was like some expert was on, some memorabilia expert was like, this ball is half a million minimum. And he just gave it back. I read he gave it back for another ball, a signed jersey, and a $1,000 Buccaneers gift card. I was like, oh my God, no, what are you doing? I'd be getting Brady to give me like a signed helmet or a signed rookie card that's worth like 100, 200 grand for sure. Yeah, oh mate, why are you doing that? Like the like the the five hundred home run balls all go for like three hundred to six hundred grand in America, and it's like this is the only time this has ever happened. It's like half a million minimum. I was like, oh no, that guy needed to, he needed to step up, mate. Put that ball up his jumper and was like, this is mine. <laughs> I was like, no way. Any chance that they, um, any chance that they do more for him now? That this is all over the media, you think? Because I reckon there's a chance Brady and his team might end up doing a little bit more for him after all this keeps getting mentioned all week in the press, especially in Tampa. All the local media in Tampa are going to be talking about it, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've got to talk about something after this game, haven't they? So, it's, <laughs> oh, God, mate. Uh, uh, number one, if you're going to give it up, you're, you're having Brady over there, not some kind of staffing guy. Do you know what I mean? He was like shaking hands with some assistant. I was like, yeah. no, get Brady over here. I want my million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. That guy is uh, is a little bit of a loser. But um, yeah, this game was uh, about a whitewash from the start. Anyone who follows the. Uh, 
any next gen stat stuff and any analytics stuff, they always put like win probability up. And this game, the Buccaneers started the game in 99% win probability because they were such heavy favourites. And the line it never moves, it just stays at 99% all the way through into the final whistle where it drops to 1%, 100%. Sorry, uh, and I just think this game was, was terrible. I'll link it into my loser as well. Also, talking about the same game, uh, I struggled to decide who to put between the coach and, and the QB, but I always rag on the coach so i put justin fields as my loser because he had what two fumbles and three interceptions against this defense yes great defense i think they had two off i'm out didn't they because of injury or covid but still that is a terrible terrible day and then you just lost 38 to three uh against a good team yes but uh obviously bears are three and three this is not the texans that are like expected to lose every game by 30 points, 20 points. This is a team that have playoff aspirations and they've just gone and got beat 38-3 and your rookie QB looks the worst he's looked. So just think, for me, Fields is a big loser um, and I think Tom Brady and Mike Evans are uh, big winners because Mike Evans loves a TD pass from Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's on fields. It's, yeah, it's, I, feel, I really feel for him because they obviously can't protect him but they're not really scheming him anything up to kind of get outside the pocket and maybe try and make something happen that way and use his athleticism. So it's making him look even worse than kind of he, he's playing as a rookie. So it's yeah, not good. Khalil Herbert looks good for the Bears, though, and a little plus point. Yeah, it's good to get some uh, find a team that's actually got some rushing yards against the uh, Tampa defence because it doesn't happen very often. But, yeah, this was uh, the late game was bad. It was a bit better than we thought, but this game just was bad. It just it was such a whitewash. Unless you're a Bucks fan, it was almost pointless viewing, wasn't it, at times? But hopefully Fields comes back next week. It'd be nice if they designed an offense that actually suits him. The, the, the lack of movement in the offense, where they where they rather him just sit back and just sit in the pocket and wait, I just think it's mind-boggling to me. Uh, and a funny stat for you, um, Alan Robinson, obviously receiver, I think he was average third round in drafts this year for fantasy. Uh, at the moment, he would be the fourth highest uh, fantasy points receiver for the Detroit Lions if he was on that team. That's how bad he has played this season. <laughs> uh, he's currently the wide receiver 91 in the NFL in PPR. Yeah, I think he's averaging 29 and a half pass yards, uh, receiving yards a game at the moment. That is how bad this season's going. So, yeah, not not good, not good for the Bears. And not good for the guy who's lost himself half a million quid either. <laughs> Idiots. Unfortunately, uh, I'll go into a winner then. Speaking of the rookies, going back to Jamal Chase, I'm going with Carl Pitts for my winner. Uh, it seemed like that London game where Calvin Ridley was missing has given him and the coaching staff everything they need to try and use him a little bit more in the past game because he was averaging three and a half receptions a game before the London game. Obviously, in London, they were forced to use him a little bit more, and then in this week, they've just absolutely stuck to that. He was playing like a uh, there was two sets where they had three tight ends out there and a running back, and he was the only player to actually go up the field. The rest were blocking, and they threw the ball to him twice. So he had to go against the whole secondary on his own, <laughs> and they still throw the ball. He ended the game with seven receptions for 163 yards. Uh, he's not quite the red zone weapon that everyone thought he would be, but he is getting doubled in the red zone a lot. He's actually getting doubled more, according to PFF stats, than Calvin Ridley is getting doubled. That's how much they see him as a threat. So, yeah, I thought seven receptions, 163 yards. Uh, he's on pace for the best rookie year ever since, um, I can't remember, Dick Butker, maybe, um, for a tight end. So I just think that um, Carl Pitts is, is proving all his worth after a couple of dodgy weeks to start. Uh, I think he's uh, in full form now. Yeah, mate. Falcons back at 500 as well. 
Yeah, Falcons got the same wins as the Chiefs, so you may as well put me in the bath and put a toaster in with me, and I'll see you later because that is <laughs> <laughs> that's how that makes me feel. But yeah, this was an important win. Dolphins one and six though. That Eagles pick looks even better. Oh, rubbing my hands together. That's the only positive I can see at the moment is that Dolphins pick. But yeah, mate, Falcons. They've got Panthers in Atlanta this week. You'd pencil that down for a win, wouldn't you? Then all of a sudden you're kind of four and three, and the Panthers, uh, the Falcons, sorry, are in the playoff picture. So, yeah, it's funny how it can all change in just a couple of weeks, really. Yeah, it is. They looked bad at the start of the season, but they do look better now. Even Ridley wasn't overused this game. I can't remember his receptions, but he definitely was way under 100 yards. I think he was on, might have been under 50 yards. I've gone off the screen now, but uh, yeah, he was, was four for 26. Yeah, so they didn't even utilise him that much. Cordell Patterson is now the RB1. He's basically replaced Davis completely in the rotation, especially around the goal line. So, yeah, Falcons' offence looks pretty good, and I think Pitts being better is uh, the key part to that. But uh, Dolphins, what do you do? Rumours, uh, we're going to talk later about a certain trade, but uh, some people now on Twitter, mainly from the English side, I guess, rather than American, they seem to think two is not the problem. You've got Neil Reynolds, you've got Cam from Sky Sports saying that, you've got Henry Hodgson saying that as well. Whereas uh, in America, a lot of people are obviously uh, thinking two is not the guy. But over here, there seems to be a lot of Tua fans. Yeah, one thing I, th- I saw that people were talking about kind of last night, this morning, was if like Chua might not be the problem for the Dolphins, but is he the solution sort of thing? Kind of like a deep and yeah. meaningful question <laughs> sort of thing. You know what I mean? Because Chua yeah. played okay at times again yesterday. Through two two more bad interceptions, one in the end zone or right at the goal line, which was a particularly bad throw. But it's thirty-two for forty yesterday, two nine-one, four touchdown passes. But it's kind of just there was a lot to Gasicki, a lot to Waddle, kind of risk-averse plays sort of thing. It's yeah, I think he's well. We'll talk about the trade later, but because I don't think the Dolphins are the only team. Looking at Deshaun Watson, aren't they? But yeah, I don't know where Chua goes. To be honest with you, I'm not sure if he's going to be a starter in the NFL next season. Nothing on his kind of skill level and how he's playing at the moment. I just, I'm just not sure whether he's going to be. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the fact that the Dolphins not being sure is more important, though, isn't it? They seem to be trying to to wean her away on that one, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, not good. Offense looks better than I thought yesterday, but still, offensive line is bad, as we said, and the defense is just. It's similar to the Washington football team. It's just not the same defence on paper and on the field that we saw last year, is it? It just looks like a completely different unit. But I quite like Flores, so I hope he doesn't lose his job. But if he doesn't lose his job after this season, I think his next season's going to be big for him, isn't it? I don't think they're going to leave him long on the job with how much money that and draft picks they've spent in the last couple of years. Mate, they need to win some games this season for someone to be not lose the job, either coach or the GM. Yeah. Currently, the Eagles have the second pick in the draft because of them as well. So that's good. Yeah. And where's your pick at the moment? Oh, sixth. Second and sixth. <laughs> Looking good. Get Minshew under centre and then get, get him some weapons. You'll be sorted. Yeah, we'll, we'll package that up for some kind of stupid 2023 pick or something. I don't know. You can trade for Frank Clark if you want. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if uh, more like a seventh rounder than the first rounder, unfortunately. But uh, uh, Next winner then. Uh, who have you got? Yeah. I'm going to go, good choice for a couple here, but I'm going to go Daniel Jones yesterday. The, the main man. 
the main man, yeah, great win for the Giants yesterday, and it only sits them at two and five, but the division is so poor, that joint second in the division, but Daniel Jones was okay yesterday, but really he gets in the winner's column for that Odell Beckham-esque <laughs> catch. That he Such made. a good catch. I mean, that's one of the best catches this season. It's like <laughs> a one-handed grab, put it in, put it into his stomach then after so he didn't lose the ball. Yeah, it was a great catch. He played okay yesterday as well, 23 or 33 for 203 yards and touchdown. Didn't give the ball away. But, mate, this was such a weird game because I think I tweeted out like late in the third quarter, it was still 5-3. And <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what? It was an absolutely dreadful scoreline, that is. It was just, yeah, it's not good, was it? The Panthers, no. not good at all. No, they're not, they're not. Uh, yeah, I think Yeah, I think Danny Jones played pretty well, a couple of yards on the ground as well. Um, but I may as well talk about the Panthers because I have them as my main loser. So I know we normally don't go back and forth, but I may as well put it, put it in here whilst we're talking about it. Uh, yeah, 25-3 against the Giants is not good. Sam Darnold finished with, what, 111 passing yards, one fumble, one interception. Ended up getting benched for Philip Walker, or PJ Walker, I think, because uh, he's known from the XFL. Uh, and in terms of stats, so their third, they had 11 first downs the whole game. <laughs> and they were two from 15 on their third down efficiency. Uh, and they allowed six sacks. Six sacks, like... This is one of the worst performances of the season I've seen, bearing in mind who they're playing with the Giants. Uh, and now that there's obviously concerns in the local media about Sam Darnold and his future. So I just think the season started very well for them, but it's just spiralling out of control. And I don't know what they're going to do next, to be honest. I think they're in real trouble. The problem is now, so obviously there was sat three and three yesterday. Yeah, Darnold was not playing good. So they bought PJ Walker in, who was absolutely abysmal, by the way. Three and fourteen, thirty-three yards. So, but you're only sitting at three and three. I'm not quite sure on the change. To be honest with you, I don't think. So, what you're going to do? I don't think you're going to start PJ Walker next week. Well, I know what they could do. They could trade for someone that they shouldn't, which is another rumor going around, isn't it? That's the big kind of rumor in it that the Panthers are working. But, I mean, if they do pull that trade off, if they did it right this second, he's not going to be playing Sunday, is he? No, no. I and don't that's know. the problem, isn't it? It's Yeah, you're right. What are they at the moment? Three and four overall. Three and four now, yeah. Three and four with the Falcons game Sunday that they have to win. I know we said the Falcons be looking at rubbing their hands together, but the Panthers have to win that game as well. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, it's almost like who wants to win to have a go at having a chance at the seventh seed in that one. Um, but yeah, I just think offensively, Donald's looked worse and worse each week, hasn't he? And he was pretty bad last week. But uh, yeah, definitely a good win for the Giants. I'm not sure what it really means for their season, to be honest. But um, they were some, they, they've had the least wins, haven't they, in the last five seasons in total. So I think just the more wins they get, especially at home, the better it is for the fans. Uh, but yeah, Sam Donald returning to New York definitely did not go, not go as he planned, unfortunately. Absolutely not. Uh, cool. Next winner then for me. I'm debating what to to go, but I'm going to go with this one for the fun because you you slagged them off all summer. So and they lost the game, but my winner is Dan Campbell because he's got some big nuts on him for these decisions. <laughs> he had <laughs> well, they have a fake punt to start the game, then an onside kick when they were up seven zero, and then he did another fake punt in the second half. 
And I just think they lost the game, but the spread obviously was huge. And they only lost by nine, and the spread was like 17, wasn't it? And it ended up at 17. I think we had it at 16, but ended up at 17. Only lost by nine. Uh, the team were just fighting again for their head coach. Uh, and I just thought he was a winner because of how much he went for it to try and win a game. Didn't work out. They're still owing, what was it, 0 7. But uh, I was just impressed with how much they went for it, uh, even though it means absolutely nothing. And moral victories count for zero. Uh, I had to put Dan Campbell in here because you were slagging him off all summer. And I just think he's a, he's a vibe, at least. <laughs> Mate, the, the onside kick was my favourite. When they got the ball, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Dad, let go, let go for the jugular in the first quarter. I, I, actually, I actually really liked it. But at the end of the day, you're still... 0-7, aren't you? Yeah, they needed just to turn that drive into a score, didn't they? But uh, yeah, they got three they, points out of it, didn't they? But they they needed the touchdown there. Yeah, and then they didn't get a field goal. They punted in the end after the um, the second half fake punt. They ended up punting again. They didn't quite get a point there, so that was a disappointing one. They also got one fourth down stop as well, which is the first time all season the Rams have been stopped on fourth down. But yeah, still they lost. Uh, but yeah, I had to mention Dan Campbell. But yeah, good win for Stafford. Good win for the Lions. Cooper Cup, uh, hell of a season for Cooper Cup. He's on pace for crazy numbers this year. Uh, but yeah, I want to give a shout out to your main man, Dan Campbell. Yeah, the, the one thing that I was worried about that I said a week ago has come to fruition now, and it's Eagles Lions. <laughs> Dan Campbell's going to beat the Eagles, and I'm here for you, it. <laughs> do you know what, mate? Uh, <laughs> I'm just dreading that a little bit. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Khalif Raymond looks really good for the Lions. So, yeah, he does. What time's the uh, the what time is that Eagles game? Is it an early slate game, a late game? Yeah, I mean we should add this in. The winners next week's winners are us British people because the clocks are going back and we get an hour earlier next week, so it's five p.m. Lions Eagles. Yeah, I'm not a winner because I'm coming back from a stag do, so I'm probably going to miss it because it's early. But it does mean that Sunday night football is obviously earlier as well, which is... Yeah, uh, yeah you got Monday night football as well, Chiefs-Giants, so you'll be able to start at midnight on next Monday, so that's nice for you. Yeah, uh, after yesterday, I don't know how nice it is, but we'll see. We'll <laughs> and Dan see Jones is out there like Odell Beckham, it's like, what you going to do? <laughs> Dan Jones dices the defence up again. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to have to become a Bengals fan. It's, it's, <laughs> going, to be the, it's going to be the only way to uh, to survive it. I'm trying to find the line to see if uh, who's favoured. Uh, the Eagles are still favoured. Is that in Philadelphia? No, it's in Detroit. Yeah, you are favoured on the road. So uh, I think that tells you who I'm going to be picking at the end of the <laughs> the end of the week with the podcast. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, who's your next winner then? I think you've got one more, isn't it? Yeah, i got the last winner. I'm going to go Derek Carr yesterday. I think they've, I mean, the Raiders as a whole could be a winner, but Derek Carr, I mean, <clears throat> 31 of 34 yesterday. One of those passes was an interception, so the ball hit the ground twice on 34 attempts. Thought he was great. I mean, he diced up a really soft Eagles defence, but they still, you know, at home, a game that you'd want to win, they kind of did the business, really. I mean, the game was never in doubt, apart from the first drive, which the... Eagles drove down them, but then they didn't wake up until the fourth quarter, which is a bit of a pattern this season emerging. But no, this was more about the Raiders, right? It was thought they were good. He's spreading the ball around a lot. I mean, obviously he didn't have Darren Waller yesterday, so but Foster Moreau kind of stepped up in his absence. He was like six catches, ten yards, uh, a catch and a touchdown. And Brian Edwards was pretty good again. And Renfro gets his numbers, but... 
Yeah, no, all around the Raiders, it's looking good without Gruden. I think that's it's going to freak <laughs> them up, doesn't yeah. it? It has, yeah, much better, much better without uh, without Johnny Grudes, thankfully. But yeah, they look good on offense. You, you are right. What you said about Carr. Uh, he was pretty good. Uh, and if you just said to me before the game, Waller wasn't playing, I'd have thought I'd been a bit worried about my Raiders pick, to be honest. But um, yeah, like you said, they uh, overcome it and they played pretty well. And even the rushing game was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. A bit more efficient, which is good. Not great, but pretty good. So yeah, good win. Not good for your Eagles, but uh, good for uh, for Derek Carr. I think at one point he had 91.5% completion percentage, didn't he, in the game? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he hadn't. I think he'd missed kind of one, and that one was just the interception. But but I've got to say that the Eagles, 100% of the worst linebacker room in the whole <laughs> NFL. It is absolutely abysmal. I don't know. I'll trade you uh, yours for mine. <laughs> I'll have it, mate. You've got Nick Bolton. I'll take a, a young rookie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The Eagles, uh, the, the whole the secondary has been a bit better than I thought, to be honest. But, the, yeah, the linebacker and the injuries... Uh, in the secondary at times have not been great, have they? But um, yeah, good, still good for the Raiders. Like I said, I think they're leading the division, aren't they? Because the Chargers had a bye week. So they're in a very, very strong position. Uh, last winner for me then, also in a strong position, I was around with the Packers. Uh, you can actually tie them into a loser because I put Washington football team, so I'll just do both at the same time. Uh, I just thought the Packers went in there and did the business, did what they were supposed to do. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams again, pretty important as, as he always is. 274 yards, three TDs for Rodgers. Uh, of which Devontae Adams was six receptions, 76 yards, and a TD. And his TD was pretty good. Uh, and also big Bob Tonyan as well back in the mix. Got 63 yards yesterday, so Rodgers managed to find his his second favourite target. Uh, and Washington football team, they lost this game, only scored 10 points, and they didn't punt once in the whole yeah, game. unbelievable, isn't it? So, yeah, I had to put them in because I don't know how you can have that final score if you never punt, but they managed to do it. So, yeah, I thought this one, didn't want to spend too much time on it, but... Uh, there's not that many games this week, so we should touch on them all. And uh, I think the Packers did what they have to do. Six and one, still under the radar a little bit. Big Thursday night football game this game this week. Uh, and Washington, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I think another team that I'm worried about some coaching changes at the end of the year, if this carries on, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Here's the big question for you from yesterday's game. Winner or loser, the Packers' new throwback uniform? Uh, I like it, I think. You like think, it, you're going with it. I like yeah, it. Not I sure think I, bold yellow logoless helmet, I think, was putting me off a little bit. But overall, people seem to like it. I think Rogers looked good in it. And his pre-game warm-up without the helmet, he looked like a legend when he was swinging the ball around. And I thought, oh, no, he's going to throw for 700 yards in this uniform. He looks <laughs> that good. But, uh, not quite the case. But, yeah, no, I think I quite like it. Yeah. It's much better than the 49ers throwback uniform. That is ugly in my opinion but yeah i don't mind the uh i don't mind the packers uh let's move over to losers then uh technically because i've already done two of mine i've only got one left so i'll let you go who's your i know you've already done one with your, your mate in his half a million <laughs> half a million dollar ball but uh who's your next loser so we've kind of touched on um on most but i want to bring it back actually to thursday night football yeah has to be the broncos Mate, you can't go up against Case Keenum. No, I mean, you've not got Chubb or Hunt. What more could you ask for playing the Browns? To Ernest Jones, mate. He's the new Derek Henry. Oh, mate, I, I, picked, I gobbled him up in nearly every fantasy league as well last week. I, I didn't really play him in many either. But, yeah, he had, he had a great day, obviously, didn't he? But all you can ask for playing the Browns is no Chubb, no Hunt. What more do you want? They've got Case Keenum at quarterback. 
Oh, the Broncos. I watched that game back and I just watched it back in 40 minutes and thought, I'm never going to get that 40 minutes back. <laughs> Even though I watched it really early in the morning, I wouldn't be doing anything else. I watched it at like 6am. I was just like, oh, this was absolutely abysmal. A terrible running game. Like Melvin Gordon was like 18 yards off eight rushes and just Cortland Sutton looked okay. And that was as good as it got kind of for the Broncos offense. But what a disappointing result for them now. So at three and four, when the Chiefs are having the season that they're having and you cannot kind of muster up any wins except for the Jags, Giants and Jets. <laughs> and yeah, it's in bad news. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's not great, is it? For them? Uh, yeah. In terms of who's a bigger loser, is it the Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater, or is it actually Baker Mayfield? Because now he's got a, a QB controversy there with Case Keenan being the better QB out of the two, right? Well, I'm telling you now, if that's actually a, a scenario that is, that's even in one person's head, then Mayfield is the loser with the contract situation coming up. Yeah, well, there's rumours he could still require surgery, so yeah, I, don't, I don't even know what's going to happen with him, but yeah, strange one. They had to get that win, though, especially with how the AFC's looking, like with the Chiefs, like you said, and with uh, the, the teams above them, they needed to win just to stay in, not touching distance, there's ages left of the season, but you just don't want to fall behind, do you, to some of these teams, so no. yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Brown, Steelers in Cleveland on Sunday. It's going to be a million game. Special case Keenan plays. I just think the Steelers could win that if uh, the injuries could hold. But there we go. I slated the Steelers all summer, and now I'm picking them to win a game. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, cool. We've already done my losers. So the only one I had left, uh, and we have touched on it, so, so I won't mention it too much. I put Jalen Hurts and Patrick because uh, <laughs> I put you combined because you're you're basically my or me. You're basically yeah, no you. <laughs> you're basically arm and arm here. Uh, with your boy Jalen Hurts. Uh, Minchu Mania is only just around the corner. Hurts didn't look good again. Uh, and I think it's going to be QB time. And I'm just a bit worried after our talks off air that I have no idea if you don't pull off a trade, who you're going to pick in the draft because it seems like a very strange year. And you could end up with another player who's just like Jalen Hurts <laughs> if you go with a couple of the options. So, yeah, I put uh, put you both down because it's going to be a tough summer. You've got to get that quarterback. Yeah, i got a feeling that it's not going to be it's not going to come from the draft and they're going to try and make a move because I don't, it's a bad year to kind of dip your toe back in and admit that, you know, I mean, getting a first round rookie quarterback is kind of admitting that, right, we're at the bottom of the barrel now. And the only way it kind of is up and the way that the roster is kind of constructed with aging kind of players. I mean, they're trying to shed some out, but yeah, it's not good. I don't know. I'm not actually sure that the coach and all of the coaching staff are going to survive this year because it's it's not good. I mean, Rich Gannon, the defensive coordinator, looks like he wants to lose his job. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. some, of, some of the stuff is like so vanilla that they're doing. Hurts is definitely not going to be the starter next season. I don't know what's in store for him. I think a trade, probably. Joe Flacco? Joe, um, Flacco, in it. Joe Flacco in it QB1? Yeah, get him in, get him in for the rest of the season. Let's have <laughs> let's have pick number one and pick number two. <laughs> You've got a chance if you put Jerry Flacco in. But yeah, uh, interesting summer. Obviously, you've always been linked with uh, Russell Wilson, haven't you, for years? Because uh, you were gonna even when you drafted Hurts, you actually used the words "we missed out on Russell Wilson" when he was in the draft, so we didn't want to miss out on Jalen Hurts. So 
that does show you how much you cover uh, Wilson when he's back in the draft. So we'll see if that's who you uh, who you trade for. But uh, that's I'm all my with you. I'm going to say I hope not because Russell Wilson cannot win with this roster as it is. Can anyone? No, which means Brady. let's 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 use some of these uh, draft picks. Well, yeah, I would agree. Uh, right, cool. That's my only loser. Have you got another loser or are you all done now? I'm all done, really, because it's what we've picked on. I've got Sam Darnold. I've got the Eagles defence. I don't want to talk any more about that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> cool. Well, let's move on then to the last little segment. Uh, just a bit of news. Uh, there's a lot of trade rumours about uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you had a couple of local reporters very close to it saying that the trade was nearly done last week to Miami. Now you've got uh, national reporters saying that Miami aren't the only team interested. He does have a no-trade clause and allegedly has said he wouldn't go to Philadelphia. Uh, there's been no confirmation on if he has a view on the Panthers. Uh, I won't bore everyone. I've said my personal view that anyone that trades for him, I think, is wrong. I think he's guilty of what he's accused of and that he should never play again. But that doesn't seem like it's going to come true. And also, Ian Rappaport actually did say that at the moment, there's no signs if he gets traded that he will be added to the exempt list. All signs at the point that they're going to do what they did with Antonio Brown. They're going to let him play whilst the court and non-court proceedings carry on, which I find a strange decision, but apparently they're going to do it. So what are your thoughts then? Do you think it is Miami, this long-winded rumour, or because no one wants Tua, are they just going to be stuck in a weird position with Tua? And is it more likely to be Carolina that go all in? Like, what are your thoughts on, on who could it be? Well, it seems to be, I mean, Jay Glazer kind of gets a lot of inside info, doesn't he? seems to believe that this is going to happen within kind of like the next week. So... If I if I do think it's going to happen in the next week, I think I think Carolina, just because of the owner. We spoke about so much in the summer about the owner Tepper, kind of like yeah. an NBA owner, and he's you know in the in the NBA sometimes kind of the trade kind of first round draft picks like they actually don't mean anything because kind of in in the NBA once you're outside the lottery, it's kind of meaningless, isn't it? First round pick so. I honestly think that they would trade three first-round picks in for the Panthers to trade for Watson. And football, I mean, obviously, just ignoring for a second all this legal stuff, which is pretty impossible to do, isn't it? Just to ignore it all. But football-wise, mate, I'm not sure that that would be a good decision either because the, Pan- the way that they're constructed, we know that the defence is good, but are they a Deshaun Watson away from what they're trying to achieve? Do you, think you can, yeah. do you think you can win the Super Bowl in the next two years? Because that's what happens when you trade all your draft picks away. Right? That's what you're saying. We don't really need any more high-level picks. We can trust our you know, picks that we get in the second round, maybe, as our marquee players. But, oh, mate, I don't know. I think it's going to be a mistake for any team to do it mid-season. And that's regardless of... What happens? Legal problems and whether he goes on the exempt list. This is just talking kind of football and just thinking the middle of the season. I'm not sure. I wouldn't. I certainly saw the reports about the Eagles and I'm I'm glad he came to that decision that he doesn't want to go to Philadelphia because I wouldn't want the Eagles to trade for him right now. No, I think a lot of fans feel that way, uh, to be honest. It does seem split a little bit from Miami fans that I read online, but Twitter's not really a good a full uh, description of a fan base's opinion, is it? So maybe in America, they're all much more against it than I think. But the Miami one's weird because they've traded that pick away, which we 
both we know now it's terrible. I said at the time it was a weird move when Devontae Smith stood on the board to trade down that much just to get another small wide receiver. It didn't quite make sense to me. Uh, it looks worse now, but that also means they've only got one pick next year. Uh, I don't know if they've got two the year after. They might have two from... Uh, I don't know who they traded with, but they might have two in the 2023 draft. obviously, from the Trey Lance, wasn't it? Yeah, so they might have two the year after. So they're probably going to have to trade all three of those picks, you would think. Um, so, yeah, and they're not just a Watson away with how bad their offensive line is and their uh, pass rush. They're not that away, but yeah. And my issue is if you do it mid-season now, you're one in six. He... That's it's not going to change. You're not going to get into the playoffs from a one and six if you trade for Watson. Here's Whereas, another thing on the Dolphins, though. Sorry, because well, you mentioned the offensive line, mate. Deshaun Watson has had quite a few injuries already in his pro career. Yeah, and if you can't protect him, it just seems madness. Yeah, and he got a lot of teams apparently refusing tour as well in trades. I know Denver be mentioned and Washington. Whether either of them actually trades for Watson, I just don't think they'll have enough. I think Denver makes a lot of sense, and they're the sort of team three and four that they could trade for him, and they might end up sneaking into the playoffs. But everyone else, I just think, you could trade mid-season, you're not really going to go anywhere, potentially, short-term, especially with how long, obviously, since he's last actually played football, and you never know what's going to happen with the court cases, and more stuff could come out, but then they add him to the exempt list and stuff. I know he's not going to go on it right now, allegedly, but stuff could change. Uh, once he gets traded, people might start leaking more. Maybe they're waiting for him to get traded before they leak more, just to, if they've got a vendetta against him, obviously, with what's going on. So you never know. And I, I find it confusing. I, I wouldn't write, out, write off Denver, personally, but I agree with you. The Panthers do seem in a very aggressive position to do it. I think Miami would be foolish to do it now, to be honest. But I would say that about everyone, if I could, to be honest. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, New York Giants would intrigue me. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think, would they have the the kind of minerals to go and make that trade. They have got a very, very stern owner who uh, I hope would have high enough morals uh, from the off-field stuff to avoid that trade. But they have got two picks in next year's draft, haven't they? And then one year after and two the year after that. So uh, they they have got the the kind of ammo to do it and uh, Gettleman's in job-saving mode. But I just think maybe Mara's got a bit too much uh, class to, to do that. But we'll see. Uh, the trade deadline's seven days away, and that's basically the date that everyone says it's going to happen before. So in the next six days, maybe by the next time we record, he he may have been traded. But yeah, we we shall see what I happens. Think, I think yeah, by the time it comes to our next part at the end of the week, I think we'll probably have some definitive news, as in either a trade or a trade's not happening, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I think it's. Uh, it's got to happen sooner than later, I think, for, for a lot of people. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but cool, that's the end of this week's pod. Um, remember to go follow us at go for 2 podcast 2 being the number two. We'll be back uh, at the end of the week to, to preview everything for the weekend's action. Um, but yeah, enjoy your week, guys, and we'll speak to you soon. I'll speak to you soon, guys. 